Praise God. I want to share something with y'all tonight. Um, something I've been chewing on for a long time. And when I was off on vacation, I, the Lord brought this back up to me and I started messing around with this message and listening to what the Lord was saying. And, and uh, you may have heard something like this tonight that I'm going to preach. You may say, oh, yeah, I already knew that, Pastor. I already had that down. Or you may have never heard what I'm about to say tonight. And so if I do, I'll just, just hang with me. I'm going to just start this message tonight and then I'm going to uh, probably do, I don't know, if I'll do Sunday or it'll just be a Wednesday night message. But anyway... Uh, I want you to go to your, get your Bibles out. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. <clears throat> 1 Peter 2, 9. No, actually, don't go there. You can hold your finger there because we will go there. But first, let's go 2 Chronicles, Old Testament first. 2 Chronicles 13. 2 Chronicles 13, 10. 13.10. It says, but as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him, and the priests who minister to the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites attend to their duties. Now, y'all know that in the Old Testament that God had uh, all the tribes broken up, but he said that the tribe of Levi, they're mine, Right? The Levi's mine. Everybody else, you can go out, you can own land, you can do whatever you want to, you can, you can, you know, farm, you can have cattle, sheep, whatever you want to do. But the sons of Levi, they're mine, and they're going to minister to me. They're going to be working for me all the time. So the Levites, then within the Levite clan, they they had divisions, and each one had certain things they had to do. Like there was only certain Levites of certain families of certain lineages that were supposed to carry the ark of the Lord. Okay, there was other Levites that were supposed to do the sacrifices, the animal sacrifices. Certain Levites that literally, if you go back and you study, it's an amazing testimony to study about the tabernacle of Moses. It was really an amazing thing because literally uh, they pulled the nails out of the boards and reused them. Now, any of y'all know that that's not an easy task. If you've pulled a nail out of a board, try to straighten it to get it back in a hole. But they had to have so many nails and so many holes, so many boards, so many curtains, certain curtains in certain places, you know, besides the, the, uh, like the, the table of showbread where bread had to be baked and brought in there every day, baked specifically a certain way, uh, specifically, uh, only oils that could be used specifically, only incenses that could be used. You know, there was a lot of work. And so over the years, <clears throat> the, the, the Levites, were real organized and they became, so you had these guys over here, they were the perfume guys. All they did was make, you know, all the alabasters and all the things like that. And then you had these guys over here and then you had the work crew and you had the guys that picked up the boards and all this stuff like this, okay? They were God's people. Okay, now go to 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter 2.9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, <clears throat> a holy nation, his own special people that may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Some translations read, you're a chosen generation, a kingdom of priests. Okay? So then the New Testament comes along, 
And, you know, the Apostle Paul goes throughout the whole, you know, all the Gospels, actually. I mean, all the epistles, actually, you know, like getting saying it's not the Levitical law. It's not the Old Testament law. It's, this is not what we're about. Now we're over here. It's the spirit of God, you know. And so he's trying to get this point across. He's trying to tell everybody, you know, and Peter here, they're trying to get the point across and say, look, you are now the temples of the living God. You are now the spirit of the living God lives and dwells on the inside of you since you have given your life to Christ. The curse from the from the old gener- the old covenant has been broken and the blessing of the new covenant has come into your life. And now you guys, everyone that gets saved, that's born again, you become a kingdom of priests unto the Lord. Okay? So most Christians just leave it like there. Say, yeah, isn't that great? Glory. And then they're, they're, okay, I'm going to be flipping back and forth here, so y'all got to follow with me here. Their Levitical duty simply just be, well, let's just go to church on Sunday and, you know, we'll listen to the music. Are y'all following me? So then Christians just do that. They go to church, that becomes their priesthood duty, their Levitical duty. That's all it is to them. And, and, you know, that's the end of it. And I'm not lumping. I'm not saying this to y'all. Y'all are, I'm always preaching to the choir, but I got to remember this other people out there. And, and, and I still have to preach the truth so that you know the truth that you can help others. <clears throat> and so it says right here, you're supposed to be a generation and kingdom of priests. But if you go back and look in the Old Testament, man, the priests, they, man, they had a lot of duty to do. It was not an easy job. Matter of fact, if you, if you didn't know this, you'll know it now, that in the Old Testament, after you turned 50 as a priest, you, you were retired. They only worked you to 50. So I'm 10 years overdue. Okay? So at 50, you were just retired, put out to pasture. They took care of you. You fed your meals. But you were no longer doing priestly duties because it was a, it was a work. It was work. It was a young man's job. Okay? So this is what I've been, this is what I've been trying to make into a message, and that's why I'm just testing it tonight on y'all, and then we'll see where it goes. Because I've been hearing the Lord for years, I'm talking years, talk to me about ministering to Him. See, we think about ministering to people, but have you ever stopped and thought about that as a priest, you're supposed to minister to the Lord? Okay, so I'm going to give you five things right quick and then I'll get into them. But I'm just going to go ahead and give you the I'm not going to try to make this some message that is going to be the great oration of Dr. Richards tonight. I'm just going to tell you what they are. Five things. There's more, but five things. Number one is worship. Number two is faith. Number three is obedience. Number four is souls. And number five is boasting in the Lord. Let me give it to you again. Worship, faith, obedience, souls, and boasting in the Lord. Now, let's just think about this for a minute. 
Okay, this is going to even sound worse. I mean, I, just keep, I, I almost want to stop preaching the message, say, look, let's just go home and eat some ice cream. God bless y'all. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Because <clears throat> I, I feel like I'm going to catch all this flack on this, but, you know, whatever. Like, I don't listen. This sounds terrible. I don't listen to a lot of Christian music, like new Christian music, and be, mainly because I don't like it. And uh, the other day, my wife and I, we were, we were actually driving home. We found a, a Christian radio station, and we turned it on, and we were listening to it. And, uh, and finally, I shut it off. I said, Matt, I'd rather listen to Willie's Roadhouse. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. This music is really starting to irritate me. And so we began to discuss this. If y'all noticed last week, my wife kind of changed up the songs and she went back to some of the old songs because I was telling her, I said, look, I'm getting tired of this new music because the new music, it says what God will do. Okay. And that's a good declaration of what God will do. But it doesn't say a lot about who God is. Like, I'm not picking on anything. Don't send me notes. I'm just trying to say, I don't, I don't. What I'm saying is when you're ministering unto the Lord, the worship that you're doing is you have to have a revelation of who he is in order to declare unto him who he is. Okay. And then it's just a given what he'll do. But if you don't have a connection, it doesn't do any good to say, God is great. God is great. God is great. God is faithful. God is honest. God is glorious. God is worship. God is awesome. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I know he is. Read the Bible. It says he is. But who do you say he is? Remember Jesus walking down the road? And he said, man, everybody's saying this, but who do you say I am? See, it's who Jesus is to you. When you minister to the Lord and you can sing a song to him from your heart of who he is in your life, that is truly ministering to him. Are y'all following me? I all think I've gone nuts, huh? Want me to go off on vacation again? See, people just sing a song. It doesn't do any good to sing a song. I don't care if you know every Christian song ever written. It doesn't make any difference. Ministering to the Lord has to come from your heart, and you have to be declaring unto him who he is. Not just what he'll do. And the church world and the Christian world, they're, they're getting off and they're, they're way off over here and they're singing all these songs. And I'm just like, man, that is, I don't care how much smoke you're blowing. I don't care how much, you know, uh, excitement and fluff is in that thing. Man, it's got to be ministry to the Lord. You need to be spending time focused on ministering to Jesus, the one who saved you. A lot of Christians spend most of their time in relationship with Jesus is just trying to get him to do what they want him to do. Okay? But you got to stop. The Levitical priests, when they got up that morning, they went about their duties doing what they were supposed to be doing because that was their job. Are you with me? So Jesus actually made a whole group of people Get up. I don't know. They went to work at eight and went home at five, but I'm just saying he made them actually go to work at eight to five, trying to show us that we could read back in here and show what they did to how dedicated you should be as a Christian in ministering to the Lord. Folks, listen to me. It's no new, not no new news to you that the world's gone nuts. 
But it doesn't, uh, it, it, man, folks, listen to me. If you're saved and you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you've already got it made. Whatever comes, going to come. I'm going to heaven. I, I, you know, they can't eat me. And bless God, I'm going to stick, stick to my guns and I'm going to go to heaven and, and whatever happens. I mean, Lord, it's all good. It's all positive. It's all uphill. It's all great. Are y'all with me as a Christian? And as a Christian, we should be those, these people that it's our desire to understand that we, when we go into prayer and we go into worship, we are literally crossing the threshold of earth to heaven entering into the holies of holies by the spirit. And we're actually walking up to Jesus and saying, man, thank you, Lord. You're, you're amazing. Okay. Am I making any sense to you? Is it bearing witness with you? So I told my wife the other day, I said, I instructed her, I said, I want you to go back to some of the old original songs. See, when we got saved, I mean, we got saved in 85 and we got saved. We, we did not know any music. Christian music, other than church hymns that were played in church, we were never ever around that. And so there really wasn't like there is today with all the, you know, great groups out there, you know, like Bethel and Evolution and all these great groups that are out there singing. You know, there wasn't anything like that. They just wasn't there. And so Somewhere along the line, the vineyard-style music came in, and, and, and we started listening to some of that, you know, and, and uh, what, is the, what is the, how can I not forget his name right in the middle of this? I didn't write it down. The trumpet player, come on, Becky, you can help me on this. Um, no? Um, oh, my goodness gracious. Laura, if you're watching, text it to me so I can tell everybody. Um, the, uh, God, what was his name? He played all those, he, he played the trumpet. A lot of his music was instrumental and, and I'd never heard anything like this. And I, I was blown away by it because I, it, it, it compelled me to want to worship. It compelled me to want to just talk to Jesus to just, to just, I mean, it, it, it just broke me. I'd never heard anything like this before. And so then we get into other songs, you know, that, that, of that era. And then we get in, as a deer pants for the water, O Lord, so my soul longs for you. Only you, O Lord. Phil Driscoll, thank you very much. Where'd it go? Thank you for Google, huh? Um, so what I'm saying to you is you've got to worship the Lord from things that bear witness with you to him and minister to him. It doesn't do any good to sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound, if, it, if you're not thankful for amazing grace. Right? If it's not real to you. Singing the song is not worship. It's when it's real to you, and then it becomes worship, and that is ministering to the Lord. And we all as priests have a duty to do it. Now, my wife and I, we, you know, because, I mean, we, you got to understand yeah, some of y'all don't even know this, but in the very early days of this church, uh, my wife was too shy to lead praise and worship, and so I led praise and worship, and I led with a guitar, playing with Bill, and she played the piano. And then we did that for a while until she got bolder, and then one day she took over, and, and, and thank God. Um, 
But we had all these songs, you know, and so just a while ago I said, well, I guess I shall arise and go forth. And she says, in the name of the Lord of hosts. I said, yeah, for he was conquered every foe. And then she says, by his name, by his name. That was an old song. We used to sing, I will arise and go forth in the name of the Lord of hosts, for he is conquered every foe by his name. We, we do this all the time because we have these songs in us. They were the first things we ever, ever heard. They were just amazing, you know, to us. The point is, we've got to understand, we've got to change our mindset. We're not going to the throne to get God to give us something. We're going to the throne to minister to him. Whatever falls, glory. Okay? All right. The second one, and like I said, I got a whole bunch more. I want to just brush over all this tonight because I'll never get through. The second one, Hebrews eleven six. Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Okay. Do you realize that when you're challenged in life, when you're challenged in life with whatever, and you're challenged and you approach that situation in faith, trusting in him, that you're ministering to the Lord. Think about it. Every time you produce faith, it says right there, it pleases him. Every time somebody comes running in, wringing their hands, ah, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. And he said, no, 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 no. The sky's not falling. Everything's going to be okay. God's got this under control. We're not going to be wiped out by the coronavirus. Everything will go on. We will proceed. Everything will be okay. God is in charge. Watch and see. God's pleased with that. And that is ministering to the Lord. So what would be the reverse of that? Fear, worry, anxiety. So <clears throat> if faith pleases God and that's ministry to the Lord, do you reckon fear and worry and anxiety is worship of the devil? Ooh, right? <laughs> if faith is worship of God, then fear has to be the worship of the devil. You may not know that you may be thinking you're doing it on purpose, but in the, in, that's what it is. Faith pleases him and faith ministers to him. If you want to walk in, if you want to say, I'm going to minister to the Lord this morning, well, then you're going to have to walk all your day in faith. I mean, this sounds simple, but let me tell you something. When you grab hold of the revelation of this, all of a sudden your whole day changes because all day long, you're conscious of ministering to the Lord. A lot of times when, when, when something major happens, I, I put myself in a position like I'm in a boardroom and Jesus is there and I'm at the table and I, 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 I put myself in the position to say, <clears throat> okay, um, how insulting it would be 
if it was, you know, if it wasn't really Jesus, it was some other person. And I said, I don't know if I can really trust you. Are you going to be able to do this? How insulting that would be. And so I can't imagine what it's like to the Lord. The conqueror of death, hell and the grave, who drugged the devil down the streets in triumph, went to heaven, poured his blood out for us, won the world, is in charge. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who has the keys of death, hell and the grave. And I look at him and say, I don't know if you can pull this off. <laughs> okay, when I'm, when I'm, on, when I'm, uh, I haven't been on an airplane in a long time, but if I was on an airplane and, and when I've flown before and the plane is landing, I just have to sit in the chair and trust the pilot's going to know what he's doing. Right? I, I mean, I didn't see him pull the lever to let the wheels down. I can't see if the wheels are down. They don't put mirrors on the other side of the plane so you can look out and say, yep, wheels are down. I don't know enough about flying to know if the flaps are down or up or whatever they're supposed to be if you looked out over the wing. I certainly don't know if there's even anybody in the cockpit. Right? The door's closed. You talk about faith. I'm sitting in a chair coming down, and I'm expecting that guy to get me on the ground. And we just sit there like it's normal. But yet, when our plane's descending... With Jesus, as the pilot, we're doubting him. We're doubting he's going to do it. We're doubting he's going to got the plan out. We're doubting that the word's true. We, the enemy comes in and says, you know, you're going to crash. You're going to crash. You're going to crash. I was on a plane one time, and, and, and uh, there was a lady in the middle seat, and we were landing in San Antonio, and the plane's coming down, and we're getting pretty low, and I'm looking out the window. You know, we're getting down pretty low. And then all of a sudden, about the time you think the, the wheels are going to pop, man, this guy just threw the juice to the plane and just pulled up. And I mean, we just do this big old maneuver. The lady screams, just screams out loud as loud as she can, grabs my arm, just does the death grip on my arm. She says, we're going to die. And I said, man, we're not going to die. I said, just calm down. It'll be okay. And plane goes up, makes a big old circle, comes around, the pilot comes on, and he said, I'm sorry for that. Uh, the, something happened. The plane that was taxiing off the runway, its tail was still in our, on the landing strip and wasn't out of the way. If we would have landed, we would have crashed into the tail. And I remember the lady looked at me and she said, how could you be so sure we weren't going to die? And I said, ma'am, I'm not dying in a plane. And she said, how can you be so sure? And I said, because I know my Jesus. And I'm not going to die because some idiot didn't get off the tarmac. That's just not going to happen. And she says, I can't believe you. And I'm like, I mean, what? You, you just, it's a 50-50 right there. I mean, we, you weren't going to scream and say, we're going to be injured. <laughs> right? I mean, it's live or die. I chose to live. She was freaking out. was ready to die. But the insult to Jesus when we're not walking in faith, the insult to him that he can't pull it off, that we're actually saying, oh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper every tongue that rises up against me in judgment will be condemned for this is the heritage of servants of the Lord. But I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. So if you want to minister to the Lord, then faith pleases him. So we got to walk in faith. And every day when you're challenged with a situation, every day when something arises and comes to you and you're challenged with it, 
Hit it with faith and know that you're ministering to the Lord, that the Lord said, yeah, that's my kid down there. (laughs) I like him. You are actually, your faith is rising to heaven and coming up before the throne as a sweet incense to God because you're believing in him. Amen? So, I'm not going to go on. We'll talk about the other three later. Or or I may never preach this message again. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, it's something that we have to get hold of. Because the greatest thing you can do is spend time ministering to him. Because when you do, well, then, folks, you're in the right place. Psalms 512, a shield of favor just becomes around your life. And, you know, it's the way to live. And it seems in this world that it just more and more and more and more and more and more that everybody wants to tear us down. And I'm telling you, you have to know right now in this day and time how to build yourself in the Lord, how to minister to him. Let his, that relationship between you and him build you and strengthen you so that you can endure what there is and what's coming. Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Put your Bibles up. Let me pray for you. Stand up, look at somebody and say, man, my job's cut out for me. So, Father, I just declare right now, everybody watching, listening, everybody in here, I pray that, that, that tonight, Lord, this, this stirs them to understand how to minister to you. I pray for them, oh, Heavenly Father, that everyone is tithing and giving and their, their offerings and their businesses are blessed. And in this time of stress and fear and worry and all the things going on, that, Lord, we can be truly bright lights shining up on the top of a hill. That, Lord, we can be leading people to you. I declare, Lord God, right now that a revelation kicks off within us. That a revelation kicks off within each and every person. That, Lord, that every day they'll desire and they'll be aware of ministering to you. And that we'll be able to, 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 to break forth in a great, great, great anointing will descend down upon us. And I declare it, Lord. I speak it over the people. I declare, Lord God, that we're going to worship you. We're going to walk in faith. Lord, we're going to just minister to you all the days of our life. And so, Lord, we love you. We praise you. Bless them, Lord. Bless their hands. Bless their tithes. Bless their offerings. Bless their businesses. We thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.